In this episode, we're talking about one of the largest animals on the planet, the right whale. There are three types of right whales, and we'll touch a little bit on each of them, but we'll specifically tell the story of the North Pacific right whale, one of the rarest whales in the world. Hi, I'm Kate Harubi, and this is Go Forth in Science podcast, where we combine adventure and science into a tale that will hopefully make the next time you step outside even better. I first learned about North Pacific right whales from this episode's guest, so rather than having you all listen to me summarize the stuff I initially learned from him, we'll just dive directly into the interview. Today I'm talking with Kevin, who is my boss, but he also is a right whale enthusiast who has spent years learning about these endangered animals. I am Kate's boss, but I'm also Kate's friend, too. Yeah, Kevin and I work on the sailing vessel Orion together, so we've spent lots of time drinking LaCroix on the back end of a boat, trying to hide it from teenage kids who were doing science projects. Totally. And the extra awesome moments working on board are many and often involve students, but there's been a few where we were drinking hidden LaCroix and watching whales while the students were up on the bow watching whales. Not right whales, unfortunately, but humpbacks and orcas for sure. Matter of fact, I think my favorite whale sighting from last year was watching the orcas harass that stellar sea lion that eventually jumped off the rock and it was this whole drama. It was like watching a whale soap opera. But there was, I don't know, I just like had right whales on the brain. I mean, I always have right whales on the brain, but I, for some reason, like was just thinking about them when you saw the whale first. And I looked over and it was the pectoral fin of the orca that I saw first rather than the dorsal fin. And it just like looked like a weird fin. And so my very first thought was, it's a right whale. And of course it wasn't. And we were in a place where they've never been. And (laughs) we wouldn't expect to see one there at all. But when I think about that encounter, that's the first thing that pops into my mind. And the second thing is... Why on earth, if you're a sea lion that orcas are trying to eat and you're on a rock that orcas cannot get on, why on earth would you jump into the water next to the orcas? It was quite exciting. It was quite an exciting time. Would you have given me a raise if I had spotted a right whale? Yeah, totally. (laughs) Okay, great. So what is a right whale? Well, there are three species of right whale worldwide. Probably the most famous right whale species is the North Atlantic right whale. And the second most famous might be the Southern right whale. And then the the right whales that I'm primarily interested in are the North Pacific right whales. And they are a baleen whale, so they don't have teeth. They have a filter system in the mouth that they use to eat plankton. Right whales, although not the longest whale in the world, which is the blue whale, which is the longest animal to ever live on our planet, right whales are one of the most massive. So the longest blue whales weigh about 100 tons, and they're about 100 feet long. And the largest right whales, which are probably like 65 feet or something, also weigh about 100 tons. So they're a robust, a rotund whale which is handy because they carry a lot of fat reserves and energy reserves, which one, they live in cold water, but more importantly, they eat plankton, which doesn't occur regularly throughout the ocean. So the thing that they are filtering out of the ocean with a baleen 
occurs in patchy parts of the ocean based on oceanographic conditions. So if you're eating something patchy and mildly unpredictable, it's nice to have all those fat reserves to take along with you. So as you go from patch of plankton to patch of plankton, you've got plenty of reserves to get back and forth. Right whales, unfortunately, were one of the most targeted species for commercial whaling and have been whaled commercially for hundreds and hundreds of years. And that is how they got their name, right whale, because the right whale was the right whale to kill if you went out to kill whales. And the reason for that is one, because all that fat and blubber we just talked about, and then two, they float after you kill them, which if you're dealing with a hundred ton animal and it sinks to the bottom of the ocean, you're not able to recover that. So if it floats, that's an advantage. And so the fact that it had so much oil, uh, which was the product that they were taken for and then floated, made them the right whale to hunt. It's a very unfortunate name and that they're named after the reason to kill them and that concept of like this is the whale to kill led to the complete devastation of all three of the right whale species the north atlantic right whales have gone on to recover slightly there's like 400 whales southern right whales which were also extensively whaled there's probably a few thousand and then north pacific right whales who were whaled from about 1840 until uh, the last right whale killed was probably in the 1960s. They were whaled so extensively in that time that they think that there's probably about 30 left off the North American coast, which is an extremely small number for a population, very critically endangered. Do we know anything about what the historical numbers of North Pacific right whales might have been? We do, yeah, you can guess at that, and it's cool that, well, it's cool, it's interesting, maybe not cool, that a lot of what we know about North Pacific right whales is from whaling records, and so they were extensively whaled between 1840 and 1850, and those are almost all from American whaling boats out of America's East Coast, so New Bedford, Nantucket, things like that. Those captains, because they wanted to be able to repeat their success, kept very good records of where they found and killed whales and the number that they killed. And so if you do some math that I don't understand, uh, but someone does on how many whales were taken and seen, and you can start to guess at how many there were. There was maybe 30,000 whales in the North Pacific when the first commercial whalers in, in the late 1830s showed up. Now, interesting is between 1840 and 1850, we think they killed about 30,000 whales. So they actually killed the number of whales that there were at that time. Now, of course, over that 10 years, they, those whales that were living were continuing to reproduce. And so they didn't kill all of them, but they did kill in 10 years a majority of the right whales that live in the North Pacific, which is insane to me that the, there was that much effort that the whales are that easy to find, that in such a short period of time, they were able to kill so many whales. And 150 years later, they've still been unable to recover fully from that. What drew you to the North Pacific right whale? So when I first heard about them, it was a sighting in 2013 of a North Pacific right whale at a place called Swiftshire Bank, which is right off the northwest coast of Washington State. And it was actually seen in Canada 
It was the second right whale seen since 1951. And the second one in that year, as a matter of fact, two different whales. But this one basically off the Washington coast in a place where I'd been. I've like my whole life been a whale nerd and would consider myself pretty up to speed on whales in the Pacific and in the Pacific Northwest, especially. And I'd never even heard of this species of whale. So here's this giant whale, which is one of the biggest animals to ever live in the history of life on our planet. It lived off our coast. I could have seen it. I didn't even know it was a species. When I first heard about that in 2013, I started asking different whale researchers I know. I'm like, oh, who should I talk to about North Pacific right whales? Just because I was curious. And everyone, for the most part, that I asked was like, North Pacific right whale? There's right whales in the North Pacific? Like People that have like their PhDs around whale research didn't know they were a species. And people needed to know about them people that were making decisions about whales in our part of the world and, and making policy decisions or making research and funding decisions didn't know that they were there. And of course, as I started asking and doing research, I did find people that knew about North Pacific right whales and did research on them and did start learning exactly how rare and how critically endangered they are and how humans are the sole cause of that rarity. And in my mind, humans have an obligation to help rectify that, to do what we can to offer them protections that give them a chance to overcome that rarity and, and increase their population and recover as a species. But over the course of that discovery, learning as well that people weren't doing that and that the very basic first step is just getting people to know that there are species that exist. It's really up to us as a community of people concerned with whales and driving whale conservation policy to make sure we do everything we can for this extremely endangered whale. I definitely was in the camp of people who didn't even know that we had right whales in the North Pacific until I started hanging out with you. <laughs> it's like, there's this side of it that's like really frustrating that people don't know and that I didn't know. And, and then there's this whole side of it that it's like, it's really cool that the ocean is still this like mysterious place. There are all these things we don't know about it, including the existence of this giant animal that lives in it. Kate and I are talking on Zoom right now. So you guys are hearing the audio, but we can see each other. And Kate's wearing this super cool shirt with a Kraken on it. And like, here's this mythical animal that we over centuries have, have talked about that lives in the ocean. And there's like this cool mystery around it. It's the same for the right whales in a way. I mean, I love the thought that there is something swimming in the ocean that we don't know it exists. If you are looking out of your boat for a right whale and you see something, what determines that it's a right whale instead of a different kind of whale? So the field signs for a North Pacific right whale, what you would look for if you were in the field, which is actually on the ocean, not in a field, in a distance, you would notice the shape of their blow. It's said to be heart-shaped because baleen whales have two blowholes rather than one. Whales breathe from the tops of their heads. Their blowholes are like our noses. So when they surface, they puff out the breath they were holding and it sprays water up into the air. And in the right conditions, you can see that blow. So if you see a heart-shaped mist cloud on the horizon, keep an eye out for a baleen whale in the area. The second thing you would look for at somewhat of a distance is that right whales don't have dorsal fins. And so 
if you saw its back, you would notice pretty straight away that it didn't have a dorsal fin. It's just, it's smooth looking. So you're looking for a whale with a heart-shaped blow with no dorsal fin. They're black in color on top. So of course, gray whales are gray and humpbacks are grayish, bluish, but humpbacks have dorsal fins. So you look for a whale without a dorsal fin. And then they have these rough white patterns around their face where humans have hair, oddly enough. So like a little mustache and eyebrows and goatee. And these rough white patterns in those places are called callosities. And those callosities, if you see it close, are pretty obvious. And those callosities, one of the cool things is that the callosity patterns on each individual whale are different. And so if you do see a right whale and you get a picture of the callosities, researchers can compare that picture to other pictures of whales and tell you if we have seen that whale before, if it's a new whale to science. If you happen to be an animal underwater, or have access to a hydrophone to listen to North Pacific right whales, this is what they would sound like. It is creatively named a gunshot call, and in North Atlantic right whales, it is thought to be either a mating call or a sign of stress. But North Pacific right whales use this gunshot call much more frequently than the North Atlantic right whales do especially when they're diving. While right whales do make other sounds, and these other sounds are much more common in the North Atlantic and Southern right whales, for the North Pacific right whale, 98% of their language is made up of gunshot calls. So you have gone searching for North Pacific right whales twice now, once in 2017 and once last summer. Do you have a favorite memory from those trips? This is like the cheesiest thing ever, but like my, when I remember either of those trips, my favorite part about it is just getting to be at sea and go sailing with my best friends. But as far as like favorite nature moments, I think that like some of the coolest has been the birds that we get to see. Just watching albatross fly and do its thing offshore is the most entertaining and engaging thing to me. I just like as a nature lover and as like an ocean guy, like, man, those birds are so cool. Part of the reason why Kevin and crew have gone out to search for right whales is because they are making a film about these endangered animals. So if you want a chance to see albatross flying above the water, or beautiful landscapes of the Bering Sea in Vancouver Island, where he took his two quests, stay tuned for the upcoming film. The film is called Right Over the Edge in search of the North Pacific right whale. And the film is going to tell foremost a story of the North Pacific right whale. And a bit, it, it's a tragic story, right? We killed almost the entire population and they've never recovered. And so we're telling like that tragedy, but in what we hope is a way that's engaging. And there are things we can do for these whales to promote their conservation. And we want the audience to leave having taken to heart those things they can do. There is like an interesting human story through all these researchers that we meet and whale advocates and through historic whaling. There's like, there's a cool piece of human history there. And we hope that if the whale itself doesn't resonate with the audience, that that human history does. And it's a pretty fascinating way to look at how humans have interacted with the ocean and how humans have interacted with the resources that are here, whales and fisheries. And I mean, there's a long line of things that get told over the course of the, the last two centuries through the lens of North Pacific Red Whales. 
if people want to learn more about right whales or you, where can they look? I would strongly encourage people to learn more about North Pacific right whales. And a good place to start is rightwhalefilm.com and they can find everything out about our film through there and then there we also have links to the NOAA site about right whales and there's a couple people at NOAA like I'm going to give a huge shout out to Jess Krantz who is a researcher at NOAA who has done some incredible work with her colleagues Dana Wright being another one of them they are the people that learn things about this very limited population of whales if you're a high school student listening to this and you want to come to see and learn more about whales in general, let's check out deepgreenwilderness.com. You can learn more about Kate there as well. She has a bio up on the website. Yep. A great photo of me driving the small boat away from our ride. Oh, that's, a good, that's a good photo. Who took that? I think you took that. I took that, yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking about right whales. I'm always happy to talk about right whales and love the podcast. So it's really fun to sit down and do this. And now for the episode recap. There are three species of right whales, North Atlantic, Southern, and North Pacific. And the North Pacific right whales are the most endangered. Their populations have taken drastic hits over the last couple hundred years because they were literally deemed the right whale to hunt by the commercial whalers in the 1800s. And in the mid-1800s, the whaling fleets took out almost the entire population of North Pacific right whales, to the point where many scientists today didn't even know there were right whales in the North Pacific, Kevin and I included. But since two sightings in 2013, the remaining North Pacific right whales have been coming across more people's radar. A key element to saving these whales is to increase the number of people talking about them, increase the number of people who even know about them. Kevin is pushing that visibility with his upcoming film, and all of you listeners can help as well. Tell your friends and fam, tell your neighbors, tell your politicians about these whales. The more common they become in our conversations, the more effort we can put into the research and conservation of this marine mammal. I'd like to thank James Pilkington and Brian Gisborne, who were the people to spot those two right whales in 2013. The scientific paper used in this episode for information about right whale calls is Krantz, Burchock, and Keating's 2017 paper, Gunshot Call Production by North Pacific Right Whale in the Southeastern Bering Sea. Gunshot call recordings are courtesy of NOAA. Links mentioned in this episode can be found on the website at goforthinscience.com resources.